Did you know that every time you listen to an ad on this podcast, you help cover the cost of producing Find Your Food Voice? Thank you to our sponsor, Equilibria Daily Women's Microbiome Defense. Because of them, my team and I can continue our independent podcast. Equilibria is a women-owned wellness brand with unique science-backed products that help bring your mind and back my mind and body back into harmony. EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense is a three-in-one capsule that supports your digestive health and promotes gut barrier protection. It also promotes optimal vaginal pH. These probiotics were chosen because they are studied for women's health. And I love that you can subscribe. So if you find that Equilibria's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense helps you, you can subscribe so you don't have to think twice about running out and also save 25% off. I just started taking the Equilibria Daily Women's Microbiome Defense after a trip overseas that made my GI tract kind of funky. I am hoping that it helps make things just a little bit easier, easing back in. And also as a woman, as a woman in midlife, I'm always looking for ways to help with vaginal pH. If you are not in midlife yet, just be aware. It's a thing that is around the corner for you. So head to myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE for 15% off Equilibria's microbiome defense and much more. That's myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. All right, let's get back to the show. It's time to name the neglect from typical food advice. Welcome to the Find Your Food Voice podcast hosted by me, Julie Duffy Dillon. I'm a registered dietitian with 20 years of experience partnering with folks just like you on their food peace journey. What have we learned? Well, cookie cutter approaches exclude too many people and you don't need to be fixed. It's not you, it's not me, it's all of us. Only together we can start a movement and fix diet culture and we will. Let's begin with now. The following episode is a very special mini-sode that may sound a bit different than our usual episodes, perhaps a bit more rough around the edges. They give you a rare look behind the scenes or take a deep dive on a special topic. We hope you enjoyed this mini-sode. We will be back in July with our typical programming. Until then, hit subscribe and say fuck off to diets. Hello, everyone. Welcome to our first mini-sode. This is Yelly Cruz. For those of you that don't know me, I am the production assistant for Find Your Food Voice. I'm the one who does um, some of the magic behind the scenes and gets the episodes into your feeds. This week, I am going to be quickly chatting with you about how I found my food voice. Um... Growing up, I, like many other people, had a lot of diet culture to process <laughs> in my family, in the world. I grew up dancing, so very diety, um, or not even diety per se in my experience. I know that for others, they experience that, but just like very diet culture like very diet culture in the sense of body image. And because of that growing up, I had a really distorted sense of my body like I will admit that growing up I was in a very thin body and I had thin privilege and um I thought that I wasn't like I genuinely remember being a teenager and just thinking that I wasn't thin and back then I hadn't found body liberation yet so that was like the worst thing that I could be back then um which is obviously false but 
it's been a long journey <laughs> to finding my food voice. And I have to say that the the first thing that actually helped me in doing that was leaning on body justice and body liberation framework. Um, I discovered She's All Fat, um, which is a podcast that some of you may know. I was a listener at first, and then I actually ended up working um, and producing She's All Fat for a couple of years, which is just still wild to me that it. I just looked up to She's All Fat so much, and I ended up being a part of that family. I'm still so grateful for that. Um, and in listening to Sophie and April and just hearing about yeah, like body liberation, fat liberation, and really rooting myself in that liberatory framework. That was my first step because for me, I don't know that I would have ever dug myself out of that diet culture hole if I was just doing it for myself. I think that as an eldest daughter, as somebody who's socialized to constantly just give, um, I don't know that I would have if I weren't doing it for someone else. So I learned because I wanted to make the world a better place. Um, I learned about it because I wanted my younger siblings to not have to feel the way that I did, at least not as much. And in doing that, in grounding myself in that framework and learning how, you know, fat bodies are oppressed and harmed and just like how awful that is. And, um, in doing that and in realizing and having that thought process of like, oh, I, you know, I truly believe that fat bodies are beautiful. And here's the thing, they don't need to be. People don't owe anyone beauty. But that's something that I believe is that fat bodies are beautiful. And in doing that externally, I was able to eventually turn that inwards onto myself. And, um, kind of move backwards in the sense of like, oh, if I believe that, you know, fat bodies are beautiful, that they deserve to exist, that they deserve to have access, that they deserve to be respected and honored and cherished and loved. If I believe that about other people, then I can believe that about myself. And I won't lie, it's hard. It's hard some days even now. It's easy. It gets easier with time. I mean, I, oh my God, it's been like, wow, like I, six years, which isn't a super long time. It's not a super long time, but it feels like a long time to, in, in the moment. And um, I still struggle with it some days. I don't, I, I don't most days. I Most days I am okay, but I still struggle with it some days. Um, but anyways, yes, leaning on that body liberation as a framework and then turning it inwards on myself is really the first couple of steps that helped me find my food voice. I hope that makes sense. Um, and I think that the third step for me has really been healing my relationship with food. I think that growing up, I grew up in this really weird dichotomy where as somebody who, you know, lives in a Hispanic Latina household, um, it was like this weird contrast between my grandmother making a bunch of empanadas and like serving me tons of them and being like, oh, you need to eat. Like, I love feeding you, blah, blah, blah. And then like turning around and then the next day saying that I was eating too much or that, you know, like I 
was fat in like a negative connotation at the time. That's what she would say. And it was just like really, that was difficult. It was difficult to grasp. And I think that that it really affected my relationship with food. I will admit that I have never been on a diet. I never have. Um, And that's something that I am really grateful to my mom for in particular, because even though she has been dieting her whole life, I do think that that is something that she, even if just subconsciously, has really shielded me from and not wanted for me. Um, And I'm super grateful to her for that. But even not having been on a diet, I did still have a toxic relationship with food. And I think that when I honestly started listening to Find Your Food Voice, um, which was at the time called Love Food, I started to really experiment with with learning how to trust food again. Um, I think that at first, Julie sometimes likes to talk about a, a pendulum of your, I, I, can't, I can't do it justice, but she likes to talk about this pendulum with food where like, if you start out on the one end, it kind of like swings back and forth. And I really needed to swing in the totally opposite direction in the sense that rather than overthinking everything I ate and like feeling guilty and just like constantly thinking about it, I have anxiety. So I am prone to overthinking. I really just needed to like do the opposite and not think at all and just like eat what I wanted to eat. And sometimes that meant eating pizza five times a week. And sometimes it like means other things. And that's something that I really, um, I think needed to do to like come to this place where I feel a little bit more at peace. I think that food is still hard for me sometimes as somebody who is neurodivergent and still recovering from all of this. Um, But at first I swung the other direction and now I'm just coming to the point where um, I am starting to learn what intuitive eating feels like. And I think that that sometimes really clashes with my ADHD and my autism. Um, But I do my best. I do my best. Um, And I'm trying to think, what does it look like for me? Well, I mean, it looks like if I know that I'm going to have a really busy week ahead of me, I will go to the grocery store and I will buy a vegetable. I'll buy a vegetable. And instead of it coming from a place of guilt of like, oh, I need a vegetable to balance out whatever else I'm going to eat. Like that's not what's going on in my brain. I more so need a vegetable because I know that if I'm really stressed and if I'm tired, the nutrients of a vegetable will make me feel better. Like I really, that's what I think about. And I, for anyone who knows me, knows that I'm a really big proponent of therapy, love therapy, go to therapy often. I go to therapy often, I mean, um, and I really kind of like looking at myself as a plant, first of all, like plant in terms of I need to water myself and I need sunlight. But second of all, when it comes to food, especially, I I do a lot of inner child work in therapy. Um, And when it comes to food, especially, I really like to think about myself as that younger self and like what she would need in order to feel nourished and full and sometimes it's a pizza and sometimes it's a salad. And that's fine because both of those things are neutral. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where I am at right now. That's how I found my food voice. 
I hope that that's helpful to you. I hope that that's interesting to you. Um, thank you for listening. Next week, we will be hearing more. We'll have another mini-sode. And I'll see you later. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this mini-sode. If you did, could you leave us a review or share this episode on your social media? Doing so helps more people find us, and we want everyone to find their food voice. Bye for now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.